Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hamilcast. I'm Jillian. I am here today with Deontay Goodman. Hi. Hi. Uh, well, cheers, because we've been sipping on this. But cheers. 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 This is so good. It's a nice little rum punch. Yeah. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said you liked. And that's what I like, too. Yeah. It's sweet, but like refreshing. And you still. And what I like about this one is that like you still get a hint of the bubbly. Mm. Um. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I'm a big fan of all of those things daniel breaker who plays our aaron burr oh um, yeah no i is, think i've heard of him yeah <laughs> 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 he um so he first of all he's just like an incredible person but like yeah. he like may, he'll make coffee for us like in his dressing room right he's also like a chef he has like a chef cocktails and like and yeah like, so like the whole thing so like my basically like my i've i've gained like an entire new appreciation for um, just like coffee, which mm. I never used to drink before, and now I and now I can only drink his coffee. Um, and just like cooking and cocktails and everything, and I'm like, I told him, I'm like, I want to start like experimenting with cocktails nice. and doing all that. So actually, after this, I'm going to the store to pick up some things. To okay, just, great. Like, experiment. Great. So, oh my god, I love yeah. that. So you know, well, I guess yeah. So we're calling it. Um, Mike came up with this amazing name we're calling it the taylor's apprentice because you are part of the company of hamilton broadway yes you are a member of the ensemble mm -hmm. you also cover george washington yes mulligan madison mm -hmm. who i've seen you play as i said before spoon oh my and gosh. aaron burr yes yes aaron burr yeah it's a lot of work but it's a lot of fun when i when i first um started with the show i was originally just covering washington and mulligan madison and it they sort of just like I, I, f I found out about the show, and then the very next day I was in rehearsals for my ensemble track. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that whole great, story. Great. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get comfortable? You still have the Hamilton on your lap. Are you okay? I'm just loving looking at it. Okay, but let's yeah, go I it. Should, Whatever you want to do. I should like, yeah. Whatever you want. Kick your, you know, take your shoes off, kick your feet up, whatever you need. Move those pillows. I whatever like you want to do. Okay. I love the pillows. Okay. Just get comfortable. <laughs> this is a, this is a very laid back, low maintenance situation. Great. Chill, good. Um. So yeah, you also. I'm so I'm fascinated by you because you are also an opera singer. Your your voice is like super classically trained. Yeah, yeah. I went to school for a classical voice performance. Right. Um. Yeah. I didn't start opera singing actually until I got to school. Um. Until I got to college, and okay. I had like no idea what I was getting myself into because I definitely wanted to do musical theater. And when I went into um. I wanted to go to all these schools out of out of state of North Carolina. I went to UNC Greensboro, okay, and I wanted to go out of out of out of state for school. Um, but my mom didn't want me to, okay. and so I ended up just like auditioning at UNCG. I heard it was a really great school, and I had only moved to North Carolina to my sophomore year of high school. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm originally from upstate New York. I'm I'm originally from Syracuse, New York, like four hours up. Okay. Um, oh, sophomore year—that's a hard year to transfer. Yeah. It was. It's like it, doing freshman year all over again. Yeah, it was. It, I I literally walked home at the end of. Oh, I'm sorry. I transferred my junior year. Okay. Of high school, which has its own issues. Which has its own right. issues. Yeah, because I I I walked home from my school in Syracuse, my last day of sophomore year. I walk in the door. And my mom says, "We're moving to North Carolina," and that's literally how it happened. Like I'm not I'm not trying to you know. 
I'm, yeah. I'm not like abbreviating anything. That's exactly what happened. But like in the movie, they would use that as a scene to be like, let's just abbreviate the whole drama. Exactly. Of it all. But exactly. Like, that's but like, that's what exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then by summer's end, we were in North Carolina. Why did you move so abruptly? If you don't mind. Um, no, it's fine. Um, my mom really just like wanted, she, she, I think she just like wanted a change of scenery. She had recently gotten married. Mm-hmm. She was ready for something new. Okay. And so was he. So, you know, like, all my brothers were all my siblings. I'm the youngest of six, and so wow. yeah, I come from a very big family. My mom is one of six. Too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and there are five boys, one girl. Girl's the oldest. You know, she's treated like a queen. Uh-huh. No, I was that. gonna say, okay, well, yes, there, there it is. There yeah. it is. Um, but you know, my brother had just graduated, so it was only me in the house, and we just like made the move. And when I say Syracuse is like still like pretty much a city like right there are buildings and um it's a lot of traffic and you know like it's not it's not New York City but it's mm-hmm. still very much a city. Yeah. Um we moved to nothing but grass and like cul-de-sacs and not a neighbor for miles type type living. Wow. Huge culture shock. Yeah. Incredibly disarming and just like and just like um yeah you sort of like are having to like relearn everything. And yeah and going into and just yeah it's like you're you're completely new. You don't know. I didn't know anybody. Like not so. even in town. Like not you're even just in the town. newest kid. I'm just the newest kid. And it's also like a. It's also a kind the kind of town where everybody knows everybody. So like the gossip around town. Oh my God! There's this kid from New York. My nickname was actually New York. Like people called me New York. Some people called it. Some people. <laughs> right. I'm just like because when they when they hear. <laughs> it's so weird. It's it's weird, right? It's no, weird. I just. <laughs> It's like I'm thinking of Hocus Pocus, right? Where they the new kid moves to Salem and they call him Hollywood because yeah. he's from California, but you know he's not from like Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, that's the like, thing. And I was like, I was like, I'm not from New York City, guys. Like I'm from Syracuse, New York. Close enough. Yeah. Close yeah. enough, apparently. And I was like, I mean, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, so then like I didn't know much. So that that being said, I didn't know much about the 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 colleges out there, which there are actually like a lot of really cool colleges. Um, but my um, music teacher at the time told me about UNC Greensboro, and she said they have a really great music program. And I didn't know anything about classical music at the time. Mm. Went in with two like classical songs, just like two classical like Italian art songs, but I sang them in the poppiest voice, like like I was singing at uh at at a i don't know at some sort of concert at, at an adele concert like you uh-huh. would think that i was singing like that i kind of love that i mean i loved it too um <laughs> <laughs> i th- i mean i walked out feeling like you know i did a pretty good job and apparently i did because mm-hmm. i got in but then when i got there i was just it was a huge culture shock because everything about my world of singing completely changed um and i hated it at first but it was definitely for the better and how did it change? Like, what were you expecting? And then what was happening? Um, I think that I wasn't really sure what to expect just because I hadn't been exposed. I'm like one of the only I'm the only artist out of all my siblings and like the house that I grew up in. I'm the only one that's like artistic. Um, so I I just like didn't really have a chance to ex- the, the sort of singing that I was exposed to was gospel and church and musical theater in school. You know, the world of classical music had never even you know crossed my path mm. um so i wasn't really sure what to expect and what i received was just like a lot of knowledge about the voice and about music theory and about just like music history in general which was really really cool and i also got to um i like to feel like i like sort of like made a sort of imprint 
at the at the at the school as well because I was always pushing for like for musical theater and and for more things in that in that realm to be done and my senior year we had a grad student who was super into musical theater as well and you know like had worked at had worked at regional theaters and whatnot and they began to start this musical theater program and my I was one of 12 audition students for like the first musical theater class at at my school so and now it's like they're they're having their first year as as a major um so it's just like it's just like really cool yeah and now like it's so interesting and weird because now that i'm on broadway Mm -hmm. like they just came out with this magazine and my face is on the cover of the magazine it is so it's kind of it's kind of insane. I'm getting texts and like Facebook posts from from like people that I've people that I know and people that I don't know yeah, being like no, I'm sure. your magazine just came in the mail and I'm like this is so Do you strange. have a copy of it? Not with me. I'm, I will. I will this weekend. Okay. Good. Um, no, I didn't mean like pre- like. Oh no no no! <laughs> I mean like I <laughs> like present it like. like <laughs> can you? Yeah, I carry. You know, yeah, it's actually. Roll, I right. I'd be like, no, don't roll it up. Don't roll it up. Put it in a frame. Yeah. No, I'm definitely gonna frame it. That um, is so congratulations. That's really thank amazing. You. Yeah, it's really really cool. But it's also just it's also just weird because I you know like. I'm not I'm not I'm not accustomed to that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So yeah, I yeah. don't know. But my classical training definitely like prepared me for for like what i'm doing now and like you know what i want to do in the future so yeah and what is that what is um ultimately i want to be a crossover musician and classical music and musical theater um so basically i want to be able to my hope is to be able to i don't know do some opera theater some sort of like you know like performing performing um opera around the country or around the world like um, and then be able to go into like a musical the, the like the very next week, you know what I mean? And it's like it's something that's not commonly done. Um, when I was in school, my I remember my teacher telling me a lot um, that that didn't exist, um, which wasn't true. I mean, and I would send her I would send her uh, clips of people you know doing it like like legit classical singers like who are very well respected in their field, going to do like. Les Mis and Mm -hmm. you know writing country albums and you know doing all this other stuff and I would send her those articles and send her the send her their websites I wrote papers on it um but yeah so that's like that's that's my hope you know yeah yeah that is so cool I just I can't I keep thinking about my grandfather, my dad's dad, who is not uh, with us anymore. But his, he it is, uh, he was from Italy, and he just loved opera and classical music and mm. musical theater. So on PBS, there's something called the Classical Arts Showcase, the mm-hmm. Classical Arts Showcase, and he, um, like, whenever the 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 cable company would like update their thing. Like he would call my dad and be like, I like, just tell me what channel the classic art showcase was. And he's hard of hearing. So he just had these like his little chair in front of the, his TV and his big gigantic headphones so that he could listen and watch every opera. Like every gift my dad gave him was like, we're going to the opera. Like he just, he loved Porky and Bess. He loved summertime. Like Mm. he was just like, so what, what you're saying is kind of like, there's such a, a um, and I'm sure I'm biased because it's you know my grandfather and he's Italian. Right. He also loves soccer. I mean he's Italian. <laughs> he would he would put his a little espresso cups in the toaster oven because he wanted it to be as hot as possible. Like he was like I love super it super Italian, you guys. Uh- <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'm just thinking like I know there is this really cool 
audience for everything that you're saying because yeah. the classic art showcase like that would just go from a musical to opera to classical and that was just and that's what he would watch all day every day yeah absolutely and people like that's a thing you know yeah i mean like i don't i i feel like especially i especially in the classical world like the 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 world of classical music and musical in musical theater are treated like they cannot coexist um and that's just not it's just not true. Um, huh. A lot of, a lot of, I think, and I, I guess this is just like me, like stepping on my soapbox a bit. I sure. feel, I feel like the classical, um, it's no secret that classical music is like becoming a die is, is a dying art form, but I think it's because it chooses to not evolve in the ways that it should. Like, I mean, there are so, I think that, I think that what, that what keeps, that what keeps musical theater alive and, you know, and, and what's, is that it chooses to be innovative um, and they're always looking for something new, you know, new artists, new, you know, they're always looking to push boundaries. And I think that classical music is starting to get the idea um, and, 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 and get a hint of that. But it could be moving a little faster, I think. Yeah. You know. Do you play any instruments? I play guitar. Okay. I like dabble with piano, but mostly guitar. Okay. Yeah. It's so funny. I always say this. The listeners are like, oh my God, here she goes again. But um, whoever <laughs> is just recently in my ears is just always sort of at the forefront of, you know, whoever I'm editing. And Kyle Scatliff was just over. And at the end of his third episode, we were talking about how much he loves metal. And mm. he was talking about why. And he was just like, I don't really know why. But he connected it to classical music, which that connection between metal and classical has been has been a thing for a long time and yeah. not just to like tell the angry parents like no it's basically classical like there are a lot of connections there right. and just like you know Kyle Scalov was talking about uh, all of these like metal bands and being like well yeah you know like Vivaldi's Winter like it's basically that and I was just I love like it. I love that like <laughs> this conversation just sort of recently happened like the universe always has has my back in terms of timing of like who's coming over and what what I just learned and what I was just discussing with somebody else right. because I was just putting Vivaldi in his episode to show like you guys it is like if if you're I if you've never that. had this conversation before yeah, like it can be, you know, music is, is always, like so many genres are, are connected to other ones. Right. You know? Absolutely. And literally this song starts with like literally just a scream and, and just a, an incredible amount of guitar work. And as soon as it happened, I said, let's go to Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I went and bought the CD like immediately. Yeah. Like I, I, I kind of, and I, you know, if you someone were to ask me why I liked metal, I, it's complicated. It's a really complicated answer. So it's just, for me, somehow it's an extension of classical music because sometimes you'll see a lot of metal bands will end up doing albums with classical people um because of the intricacies of of the guitar work and like mm -hmm. things of that nature there are a um, lot of like interludes you know like some a lot of that. solo will turn into something that sounds kind of classically yeah you know? there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that can relate it to that uh depending on the band like metallica of course did a whole album where they played with an orchestra live so like things like that um so like for me it was the closest i got to like hearing like a vivaldi uh -huh. but like now like you know like so like winter 
you have winter by Vivaldi. It's like it's just like that kind of if you played that on the guitar it would make sense to you Oh, oh my gosh, Kyle. I love him. Kyle. Isn't he the greatest? He's so cool and he's super funny. Um and he's, he's just so like very funny. he's very personable. I remember um just like when I was like working regionally and just like watching videos of of him and just like I'm, that's what's that's what's like most cool about being able to be, you know, a part of this Hamilton world mm-hmm. is that I'm seeing and meeting and like just like building a rapport with all these people that i used to watch like daniel breaker i used to watch him as as donkey right on that you know what i mean like james monroe he and i like laugh and laugh at 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 some sort of joke that one that one tells the other every day yeah at the show you know what i mean like it's kind of it's kind of insane it's yeah yeah. it helps that everyone's really nice and fun yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) like and that's not to say that you know, Instagram life isn't always real life. And if you're around, not everyone is going to be best friends and that's fine. Yeah. But there is, there's a common denominator of niceness and fun. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't, you're not going to be best friends with everybody, but you will have a connection with someone. You will. Yeah, you will. It's, I think it's ultimately just about like being a good person and just sure. like having a kind heart. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just like a huge part of this business is just like being kind, mm-hmm. you know? So tell me about your whole because I know you have like quite a journey just basically you know you were Benny in, in the Heights uh-huh. no spoilers in Orlando right <laughs> yeah I did my research yeah um and I just want to know like your whole like you're you you said you were the the only real creative person in your family yeah did they did they understand what you wanted to do were they supportive of it you know I, I was lucky enough to not have that problem my mm-hmm. mom actually pushed me awesome. to to going into performance I think that they didn't quite understand what it was. They don't quite understand the world, but they are but they have always been like very supportive. Yeah. Which I which I definitely appreciate. Yeah. So my start into like musical theater, like I started my first show was in like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I did the music man. Nice. <laughs> and I uh, I was Harold Hill. I didn't know anything about musical theater. Um, but I had a teacher who told me that I should audition for it and she was running it and I said, Okay. Um and I think that moment is like the moment that like definitely changed my life. I had two two teachers in particular in grade school who would help me through. My mom, I mean, uh, I grew up, my mom didn't get married until my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. So throughout my entire like life before that, she was a single parent with six kids, oh you know, working and like And trying also superhero and just Superhero, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, everyone needs help. And luckily, you know, I had these two teachers who are incredible. Like they would drive me to to and from rehearsals. Sometimes if I was if I was having a rough day in school, I was I was picked on a lot in school and I would get like I would I used to get like very angry mm-hmm. with it and just like very frustrated because, you know, I was the youngest at home. I was the youngest of six, so you know, I was picked on at home as well. Yeah. So it was like, you know, um, 
I would get very angry and frustrated and, you know, would sometimes act out a bit in class. Yeah. Um, and my teachers, instead, they know I had these close relationships with my music teachers. So instead of sending me to the principal or something, they would just send me to their class, oh, which God. was, you know, teachers something that... Teachers can be the goddamn best. Teachers... Like good uh, teachers, yeah. like teachers who do do things like that. Like, yeah. oh, I love teachers so much. I mean, absolute game changers. Yeah. Absolute game changers. I've had bad teachers. Yeah. And I've had excellent teachers i've heard amazing stories about incredible teachers yeah. i just love love teachers it's so necessary except the bad ones <laughs> except except the bad ones except, except the, the ones, bad ones who like call you stupid for not being who good expect at math the worst or, yeah. Yeah. yeah who yeah. expect the worst you know yeah they saw something in me that i that i didn't you know quite see yet yeah. and you know like they were definitely um they were super crucial in just like my my development yeah um but like these two teachers drove me everywhere i'm going to say that can i say tracy health of and course please sarah, do yes tracy health and sarah gentilly um tracy and sarah life yeah, changing they people. they are they truly truly are yeah. when i was like auditioning for colleges uh i would get on the phone with tracy and i sang my audition song to her through the phone oh just to God. like see just to like make sure that it was okay um yeah they are phenomenal people um that's incredible but so they're they're the ones who got me started in in musical theater once like facebook was a thing and then once i was like able to get a facebook and we you know like we were able to keep in contact um and i was able to talk to them about like my college choices oh my god um, and then throughout college when i if i would go home and visit syracuse i would um go visit them um and we would like have lunch or something like yeah. that they're like real actual mentors they're I mean, like real yeah. actual mentors they've come to see me in my ensemble track as washington as burr tracy's dying to see me as 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 mulligan tracy but. let me say <laughs> it's very good and it's yeah. very fun uh, <laughs> and then madison and you're excellent as madison too but i just Thank i you. love i mean burr is my fave but Burr's hercules, my fave too. hercules mulligan has has a very 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 special place in my heart uh, <laughs> because of yorktown i've talked about it ad nauseum but um yeah i mean i just you're just excellent so we'll, thank you we'll, we will definitely get into that uh, but that's amazing <laughs> they're coming from syracuse to like yeah you know and why wouldn't you invite them right like I, absolutely like, when i when i i mean when they were one of the first people that i caught when i uh when i found out i they're both they're both again they're both in the school system so i called uh Tracy and uh, she couldn't answer the phone, but then she texted me and she was like, "Hey, do you need? Is everything okay?" And then I was like, oh "Yeah." And I was like, "Um, I was like, I booked Hamilton." She was like, "She was like booked as in you bought tickets?" And I, was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "No, I was cast in Hamilton on Broadway." So she wasn't involved in this audition process. No, no, okay. yeah, she. I don't. I don't think I. I didn't tell many people about it because you know I. Yeah. I just. I got. I it's terrifying. Nervous. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, but she told me that she she's probably gonna hate me saying this on here, but she told me that she like ran around her classroom screaming no, and cursing that's and amazing. like amazing. <laughs> yeah, just fuck yes. Uh, yes absolutely. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. she's known you for years. I mean, that's yeah, of course. I don't think she would hate it. I'm not trying to assign you anything, no, Tracy, no, 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 no. but I just no, feel I don't like think she would hate it. It's but. just <laughs> you know, like she put in in the work with you, so to speak. You yeah. know, like she was driving you to auditions and yeah. stuff, and now you're making your Broadway debut. Like yeah, they yeah, they have run definitely that classroom and curse as much as you want. Yeah, they have definitely treated me like like their son. That's a, absolutely. Oh my god, that's um, so beautiful. So yeah, so then I went. So then I went on to college, and I stopped um, doing classical music for. Well, I stopped. Excuse me. I um, 
sort of like stepped away from musical theater for a while just because I really wanted to hone, you know, my skills as a classical singer. Mm. And then my senior year, I really started to miss musical theater and I had a teacher and my plan, I know that I knew that at that point that I wanted to be a crossover musician. Okay. And my plan was to go to grad school for an acting program and I remember my first it was the day before my first day of senior year. I had uh, another mentor. I don't know. I I've I've always been able I've always been lucky enough to like find these mentors. Mm-hmm. But Tracy, Sarah and Justin Cowan who who is this current mentor have like always been a constant. Um but he I remember the the day before my first day of senior year he said to me he was like if you want to do musical theater you're not going to go to grad school like you're just not many people go to grad school to be a performer in musical theater like like yes you could like you can go to grad school to like continue training and things like that but like just go out and try it and do it yeah just get out there and that completely fucked my entire world up really yeah because i my mind was completely blown i was like wait i'm not gonna have the safety net of school Mm -mm. anymore so you mean i only have one more year to figure out my life and yeah that was sort of like that was sort of the start of everything and i remember he told me i think like a week later he told me he was like if you want to do this like i can help you like you know like because he's he 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 had been like he had worked at so many regional theaters as a music director and things like that she was like i can you know like help you prepare for like that sort of life but i need to know that you're serious about it and i was like i am and from that moment you know like they they created he and dominic amendum um who was like the conductor of wicked but like also Mm -hmm. went to my school and now is back at my school teaching like they started this musical theater program where like you know it was an it was an audition technique technique program where like you they helped you create your audition book and it was so crucial for like just like my personal development right um and uh then you know like that was that was basically my entire senior year was doing that um competitions and classical music like my senior year was crazy busy i was think i was taking like 20 something credit hours auditioning doing operas doing everything can i ask you a question about classical music yeah you were saying about that classical music is taking a little bit longer to evolve than other art forms Uh uh-huh i'm just wondering if maybe people listening at home are thinking well class isn't classical music like classical music like can you make new classical music at this point absolutely can you tell me what you mean by that because that's like amazing and fascinating well yeah so i think so when i when i'm talking about classical music evolving i'm talking about the 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 deconstruction of honestly like not the system on which it was built because i think that i think the foundation is important but i think that there's i think that there's room for evolution and i think that there's room for change and i think that there's I think that there's room to make space for the kind of world that we live in now. We live in a very we live in a in a world where people are feeling more empowered to be themselves. You know, mm-hmm. where where LGBTQIA is is where the community is, you know, such a powerful movement where we are we are finally realizing that black people can do anything you know like where people of color in general can do anything and i think that classical music is built on such this western european foundation and they're like well this is tradition this is what this is what is done this is how it's always been done and they're not willing to challenge they're not the the world itself is not willing to challenge itself and say or it could be 
done this way, or it could be done this way as well. Oklahoma is a perfect example. The revival of Oklahoma is a perfect example. They took something that was that was a classic, that was you know something that everyone everyone knows it to be this thing, and they flipped it on its head. And the beautiful the beautiful the beautiful part of that is the original thing, the original entity, the the original Oklahoma still exists. It still can be done. If you if that's what you want, if you want the tradition of that, that still can exist. But now you have this new thing that is also beautiful, right? In different ways, you know, and still in some ways holds the holds the the tradition of what was, you know, like the foundation never changes. So I think that in classical music, people are people are so used to people are so used to honoring the 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 way that the composers. Um, saw have seen like saw their piece and aren't willing to challenge that and say well what if we put a trans person in this role or what if we put you know like what if what if we destroyed the so the heteronormative social construct and just like fucked everyone's mind up and just changed this completely you know what i mean like yes you can create new classical music that is that is something that is done but i'm talking about in the sense of like just like changing the way that we view classical music in general yeah you know um because i mean tradition is great and tradition is it's there for a reason our, our history is there to tell us something and you know the foundation is there so that we have something to build off of but it can also be boring and overdone and you know like the world that we live in is yearning for something new and i think that they would open themselves up to a much wider to a, to a wider audience if they were to just uh, allow their minds to be challenged a bit, yeah. And also, if you're offended by it, good. That's the Oklahoma's that's the problematic. yeah. Like, Oklahoma's <laughs> problematic. Like, it's problematic. It. We yeah, have to say it. It, it it's problematic. And also, art in general is not meant to. I mean, some art is meant is there to make you feel good, but also some art is there to challenge you. Whether or not you're offended, that doesn't that doesn't take away from the art form itself. That doesn't take away from the piece itself. Hopefully, you leave there starting a conversation i think yeah i think that the world the world of theater the world of classical music everything just like it's really just like time to open our minds you know what i mean like it's just it's time to it's time to challenge yourself it's time to it's time to expect the same thing from yourselves as you do from your audience that's just that's my that's my soapbox that's my two cents no well i want (laughs) to i I want more than your two cents because i think you you do a lot of roles and performances that are like important to this conversation yeah like you were doing um Bayard a new musical yeah yeah you did that at 54 below right yeah um can you and you we'll get to the the Hamilton story but I think this is a perfect segue into you know you choose roles that lead to conversations and important ones that need to be had so if you can tell the listeners about yeah so yeah so there's this um this new musical that um some writers that I, that I that I know are developing, and it's called Bayard. It's about. I mean, if you don't know who Bayard Rustin is, you should definitely look him up. He is a gay black civil rights activist, um, super influential and 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 civil rights in general. And I was fortunate enough to just like play the role, um, yeah. at, to play the role and just like tell the tell his story, um, all the music of of his story, and I jumped at the chance to do it because it is definitely something that's so timely um that's so that's that's important to to where we are now um and and it has been important to where we to where we've been 
Augustine, New York City, passed away August 24, 1987. He was 75, the son of R.J. Washington Hopkins and Florence Elizabeth Rustin Johnson. Byard was born on March 17th in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 1912. He died in New York City. An avid activist and member of the civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. Byard was a pioneer, the architect, the inspiration by many of the civil rights movements. Because he was an openly gay man, most of his work was behind the scenes. He's most recognized for organizing the marches on Washington in 1941 and 1963, and the journey for reconciliation which inspired the Freedom Rides in 1961. Bayard was a proponent, not only of civil rights and liberties, but basic human rights. He's buried in an unmarked spot in upstate New York. thing that I learned from the role is that we're not necessarily fighting a different fight than than people in the 60s were you know and even and and prior to that our tools are have have changed and with you know and with power with the power of the internet and everything like our mediums have changed but we're still fighting the same fight and 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 I I uh, I venture to say that the urgency has there there needs to be a, a sense of urgency now that was that was back then um but I I I still do I do think that we're fighting that we're fighting the same fight that those that that our um ancestors have been Yeah and it's one of those things where like this is a person who has been not really talked about but played yeah. a pivotal role and yeah. he was openly gay and mm-hmm. we should be talking about that more. Yeah. He yeah, he isn't often he isn't often spoken about. No. He's not, he's not. I mean, we You hear have about, to do research to yeah, learn you, about him a little you bit. You really really do. You hear about MLK, you hear about, you know, but like it's funny because though the same people who who are writing this show um also wrote this show called freedom writers mm-hmm. um we'll get to that too <laughs> <laughs> and in the in the show there's this line where they say um bayard bayard rustin is the man behind the curtain and i didn't know what it meant at first and i and i had to go look it up i was like uh, bayard who what is going on and then i looked up and i saw this like incredible gay black man you know outwardly gay in the 60s and just like not hiding who in bold and 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 wielding so much power you know and it was so inspirational and it's like yeah it is something that it is something that needs to be talked about because there's something so inspirational and it gives it gives it gave doing that role gave me permission to 
live more freely and live more boldly and stand for and truly stand for the things that I believe in with conviction and and not backing down you know what i mean like yeah. it's so easy it's so easy to think but oh my career oh my you know my livelihood you know like i need money in my pocket you know like it's so easy to think about that but when you see people like bayard and when you hear when you when you hear those stories you're like this person didn't care he was not only black but he was gay and outwardly gay you know what i mean like he could have he could have been killed literally just like taking out his trash like mm-hmm. but he f- not only did he live outwardly but he fought you know he led marches like i mean there are these inc- you guys google it but these photos of him actually on the front lines yeah. of marches and rallies and yeah he was there he was there in the middle of it all he really. was there yeah it's so inspiring to see to see something like that because it it shows us that i mean honestly we have no excuse we have no excuse because the same excuses that we can come up with today they could have come they could have come up with in the 60s mm-hmm. you know but they still chose to fight um and i always say that i think that i think that the reason why the fight is different and the reason why i say that there's no urgency now um, in some cases is because everything is fed to us um, through like a television screen through mm-hmm. through some sort of screen through some sort of medium and you know we we have our phones and we have our, we have our comfortable life and activism is born out of discomfort activism is born out of an inability to live the way that you are living any longer you know what I mean like when you when 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 you say I can't take this anymore, that's when the fight or flight mode in your brain starts to activate, and you and you, I I would I mean it's different for everyone, but you choose to fight or you choose to to submit, you know, to to surrender. And these people chose to fight, you know, and and nowadays it's like you know we're comfortable, you know, racism and and microaggressions and and discrimination they happen, but it. It, it well it was it was more subtle <laughs> now because of you know um it is it, it is definitely more it is definitely more you know um not subtle not subtle <laughs> um but when those things are subtle and you can still like you know go to work clock in clock out come back home and um watch tv and drink your wine and eat your and eat your dinner like there's less of a there's less of a of 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 a need of a well there is still a need but there's less of a want mm-hmm. to to fight for change like it's not going to happen today it's not going to happen today that feeling right you know yeah right 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 right, right. exactly so it's like the, and there's no the, there's no sense of urgency there's no sense of urgency with it so that's yeah i don't yeah. know so like what what can be done and i'm asking as someone who here as like a white cis person like what do what do i do here the the first thing that i can say is to continue to seek knowledge and to listen i think that as i mean me as a gay black man and and you as and you as a white woman like where our our plights are different Mm -hmm. but i think that one thing that i think is important is to think about your own plight and think about what you want people to do for you and then just like actively try to do that for other Mm -hmm. people you know what i mean and who are because we're all we're uh, we're all in some way or another experiencing some sort of just well not all but you know a lot of a lot of the world you know like we're experiencing some sort of discrimination in some way Mm -hmm. and i think that it's important and we don't do this enough we don't 
We don't stop and listen. We don't learn how to be an ally. You know, we're just like, oh my God, this is wrong. I'm going to fight it. But there are right and wrong ways to, to stand with someone, you know? So I think that listening is just important as seeking knowledge. Um, in my experience, anytime I've had a conversation with, uh, with a white person or a straight person about the, the, the problems and the, the, the issues in, the LGBTQIA community or the or the black community, um, the first thing I hear is like, "Well, I don't see that. That can't be. I I don't I don't. I, there's no racism around. Like you know, like I don't experience that in my life. Like, but well, of course you don't. Of course you don't. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just. Yeah. It, it it it's first of all, it's no, you don't because you are not you are not dealing with like you like you are not me. You are not black you are not part of the lgbtqia community of course you don't experience that and you may not see it in your in your neighborhood but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist you know and those things can both be true that you don't experience it and it also still happens yeah (laughs) yeah we wouldn't be having this conversation if it didn't exist right you know like I, yeah, it, it baffles me, but that it, but that happens more often than not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I think that like a lot of times our our as human beings, our instinct is to challenge and to say no, 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 rather than think yeah, well, okay, I guess I, I yeah, I uh, I haven't personally seen it, but I believe you. You know what I mean? I believe you. Yeah, what a world! Can you imagine? <laughs> That's yeah, like, what like you know, I feel like, like everyone's just being mansplained to all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, like <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 it's pretty, and it's also like I I I can't say that I don't get it because it's exhausting to have to think about to have to think about all the all the injustices and the that happen in the world every day. It's it's exhausting yeah. to think about you know the discrimination that happens in the world every single day. Mm-hmm. It is. It's exhausting. And but it's really sad and it's just really, really sad. depressing. It can make you very easily want to not leave your house and just not very turn easily. the lights on and, and we, just stay under the yeah, covers. Yeah, and we all have to we all have to find some ways to protect ourselves, but we also have to understand that some people don't have a choice but to see those things. Exactly. And we also have we have to understand the privilege that comes with n- not having to see that and open our mind up to remove to just like to recognizing the privilege, to recognizing our privilege and you as a white woman, me as a man, you know, like recognizing the privilege that, that exists in our world and understanding that not everyone has that. Right. And so like we have to like make steps every single day to to listen and do what we can, you know? Yeah. Like there are two ways to say I've never experienced that. One yeah. is I've never experienced that. And one is I've never experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah. But one is I think way more willing to listen. Yeah. And one is a little more of, well, if I haven't, then there's no way you haven't. Right. And I'm like, well, for me, on my side anyway, mm-hmm. it's just like, well, please don't tell me that it's really easy to walk alone at night. Don't, like, don't, you yeah. know, just don't, please don't say like, of exactly. course you haven't dealt yeah. with it, dude, or whoever, you know, it's exactly. just like, but please don't, please don't tell me what my experience has been. Exactly. Like, so there are other ways to say that. But I also, my, like, just hearing it, like hearing yeah. you say it out loud to me, of course, is horrifying. But then I'm like, well, what is Deontay feeling? That must be, I mean, just it's to like, be like. I, I, it's just oh, like. Oh, haven't you? Oh, you haven't? Great. You haven't? No shit. Yeah. Good for you. you. Good for you. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 
then why you know? are we even having this conversation exactly exactly like why are you you're you're not you're not choosing you're not having this conversation to to expand your knowledge and to and to learn something you're right, having but, this conversation to try and to try and discredit my experience or like convince you deontay of something that you have yeah. experienced and lived yeah like, mm, no that's not gonna work yeah yep no that's not gonna happen uh. <laughs> so, yes of course so now i want to talk definitely about freedom riders though because okay i just i know patreon peeps want to ask you some questions about it but just or just want to show you love about it so um if you can maybe tell the listeners a little bit about that what that show is and your experience with it and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i started freedom riders when i when i first moved i moved here i moved to new york city 2017 okay uh june of 2017 um okay. It's it's so funny the way that it started because I was originally supposed to move here like I think like two months later, um, and I had this contract, and then the theater that I was gonna have the contract at uh, that I was gonna do the show I was gonna do Shrek, the theater went bankrupt just like the show got canceled everything you know and um, and I had to move here which is like so unfortunate but I had to move here sooner than than I would have mm-hmm. and I remember calling a friend being like. I don't know what I'm going to do uh-huh. because I had all this, I had these plans with this money that I was going to save. And, you know, they said to me, they were like, uh, well, look for what's next. Like, look for something. Right. New, York mu- New York Musical Theater. the next thing. Yeah. New York Musical Festival is happening in the summer. See what's, in, see what's happening there that you can audition for. I looked it up and I saw that Freedom Riders was happening and I had seen, you know, they did a, they did a, I, um, a reading of it in 2016 at New York nymph which is new york mm-hmm. musical festival um it turns out that th- that the director on it i had worked with him when i was doing a prince of egypt uh i did a prince of egypt reading uh, i think like a year or two prior to that um so i reached out to him he said that you know he would reach out to the writers for me and then i i moved here and i think like a week after moving here i had to submit a tape to actors access um through it the yeah. thing about self tapes. The thing about self tapes. <laughs> the thing about self tapes. Ellipsis uh, is that they're great. Every yeah. casting director listening, but also they're miserable. Yeah, they're they are. Yeah, exactly what you said. So I I ended up calling um, some friends about it because one thing that my that my classical program didn't give me were um, acting classes. So, okay. uh, so, so you can you sing know. your face off. Yep. So, I, but I was just like flying by the seat of my pants with, with all the acting stuff. And I ended up calling some friends. We put out, we like got a tape together, um, submitted it three weeks later, got cast in the show, was like getting my equity card. It was like, okay, off and whoa. running. Yeah. It was like pretty insane. Um, and then the process started and I kind of just like, the story itself, I kind of just like fell in love with. Um, Freedom Riders, if you don't know, is about this um, civil, this group of like civil activists, um, civil rights activists, who, yeah, it was it, they were riding the buses in an act of protest to fight discrimination on buses, and um, it, it originated from this group called SNCC, which um, was like older Freedom Riders um, or Core. With SNCC and Core, which like you know consists of people like John Lewis, Diane Nash, mm-hmm. yeah, just these these group of friends who were like all college students, like young, right? You know, and yeah, kids. I yeah, mean, kids. there were kids in Vietnam. There were kids in the civil rights movement. There were kids, yeah. like back kids. in the like the sixties. Like yeah. the kids were doing a lot. Kids of Kids were doing lifting. a lot of the heavy lifting. <laughs> they because, were, yeah, because the older people were just like, 
Yeah. We're tired. We're yeah. tired. They were tired, which we, which I get. Um, I totally understand it. Um, but you know, like that's how, so that's what, that's basically what the story is. Um, and it's, it's the story itself is like John Lewis and Diane Nash are the, are the, um, the, the prominent characters in the story. Um, and they are the ones who are leading the marches and leading the, and leading the bus rides. And, my role in the show was uh, Bernard Lafayette, and he was um, very crucial. And like, he wrote a lot of the music that they that the that the the Freedom Riders would sing. You know, like oh, um, music of encouragement and things like that. So he had he was very crucial in that. What was so cool about that process was that we got to speak on the phone with <gasps> we got to speak on the phone with Diane Nash. No, yeah, we met John Lewis. What? Yeah, it was. It was so. Oh, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, those are the kind of moments that you'll remember. You know what I mean? I got, I personally got to speak with Bernard Lafayette. Like, I called him like from my cell phone. And like we he just, has like, your phone number now. Yeah, yeah, and we just like talked, and like it was just like it was, it was, it was definitely, it was such an incredible experience. Like, what um, are you asking this person who you're going to be playing? Like, what is that conversation even like? Well, first of all, it's like you being terrified. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. It's very hot and sweaty. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and then it's just like, so what? I mean. Yeah. Like, are you, cause he's such a historical, he's such a, like an important, important person. Right? Yeah. And you're like, so you're you don't like, want to like waste his time. And you're like, <laughs> but you're also like, as the actor, you're like, do I listen to his cadence? Do I listen to how he speaks or do I just listen to the words? Like, I mean, that must be, you, you're juggling a lot of things yeah. listening to him. I, I would think maybe oh, absolutely. not to assign you things, but I think no, maybe absolutely. No, there's you're, a lot you're, going on. You're, you are, you cannot, you're trying so hard to to be stop cool. your mind yeah to be cool <laughs> and just like stop your mind from thinking oh my god i'm talking to bernard lafayette i'm talking to oh my god and like actually like listen to what he's saying right. and like listen to his experience um uh. so yeah like you ask him questions about like his experience during the freedom rides and like they're like what it was like to like to sit in jail and you know to have your bus be to have your bus like be attacked by by the white people in in the south and like you know like all these questions of like did you think that you were going to make it out alive you know what i mean like you could have died everyone had their everyone had their different experiences yeah um it was it was super eye-opening and it's basically like what it, it, it brings me back to what I said earlier about, you know, these people did not have a choice. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have a choice but to but to fight. Like, they were talking about the fact that, like, like the like the, the daily comforts that we take in all the time, you know, just about, like, going to the movies. They couldn't do that without mm-hmm. receiving some sort of ridicule, you know? That sort of living. When you, when you, and that's, that's what they, that was their life. That's what they experienced, like, from the day that they were born, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, being able, just like being able to ask them, you know, like their experience on the Freedom Rides and ask them, you know, like how they survived that sort of, that sort of thing. The overall moment of just like talking to them, like, like I can't, I mean, that was like, that was only two years ago. I can't remember everything that they said. Right. I can't remember, you know, like the stories, but I remember what their voices sounded like. And I remember like how it made me feel. And I remember where I was, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and that in itself is just like one of the biggest rewards that I've ever had, you know, like, yeah, 
Yeah. It 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 was it was <sighs> Yeah. It's like a it's a collaboration really because you're working with them to tell their story. Yeah. And like what a beautiful experience that. Yeah. That I is. was I was very blessed to be able to have that. Yeah. Not not everyone in in the world has that. So <sighs> Yeah. You know. have an instagram photo where you were i think rehearsing that character yeah and then you were walking on lafayette street yeah and then you ran into none other than david diggs yeah the original lafayette yes um please tell me that story and if you if you if you give your permission may i post the photo and and yeah post that okay oh absolutely um but that photo also looks like you guys have known each other for 800 years <laughs> what was the tell me the whole story about i was that. probably freaking out the most in my out of like my entire because i was have wa- you ever so, met him before no never oh, never and best. i have friends okay. i have friends that know him but like i never met him before okay um so I'm walking, we're leaving rehearsal and we just like decided to go and grab some ice cream. Like, like you do, like you do, Get you know, a hard day at work. yeah, you know, and like, so we're walking and just like a few of my castmates and, you know, like, mind you, I'd moved to New York maybe like a month prior. Um, so like, I'm still extremely new. Um, and I'm also like, I'm walking with actors who have like been here for like, you know, 10 years and Mm -hmm. like, you know, get and understand like you, sometimes you run into people and, and whatnot. And so this was what time in the Hamilton explosion? This was what? 20, this was 2017. Okay. This was 2017. So still pretty, so still pretty early and all of that. Yeah. But we were, so we were walking and I see him, but I'm not necessarily like, I didn't necessarily like, it didn't register who, like who it was. Mm -hmm. And my fr- a friend of mine who had been here, you know, had like been here for ten years, been like constantly working and like understood everything. It was just like he looked at me, he was like, "Hey, man, love your work," and just like kept walking. And I was like, I was just, like, oh, I literally like like screamed. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then <laughs> <laughs> like covered my mouth. He was walking with and and David was walking with some friends. I was like, "Hi." <laughs> 
I was so I didn't know what to say. And well, you're Lafayette on Lafayette, meeting Lafayette. Yeah, like so what that you, is also kind of a mindfuck. That is like that is a mindfuck. Like, <laughs> like what it do you just, like? It makes it, you like I would think that it's impossible. Yeah, that like, I would meet Lafayette on Lafayette while I'm rehearsing Lafayette. And I had an audition for Hamilton. I think like two days later, actually. So I was like, oh my god, I was like, oh my god, this is a sign. This means something. Totally. And like, <laughs> and I just remember being like, can I? can I please have a picture? I, I was like, I'm going to be that person. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that person mm-hmm. because everyone else in my group was just like, yeah, we're just going to keep walking. I was like, no, no, I need a picture. The stars are actually aligning. Yeah. With the Lafayette like, of it all. Like that's I, crazy. with the Lafayette of it all. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I needed a picture and we took a picture and he was so sweet. He was so chill. Mm-hmm. Like, so I haven't seen him since then. Like I have not seen him like, I've seen Chris Jackson, Lynn, yeah, like, yeah. Tommy, all of them, but like have not seen them since. And it was just like, I remember just like continuing walking and I was like, oh my, I text a bunch of my friends, obviously. Being with the like, pick. Yeah, with the pick, <laughs> being like, I just met David Diggs. I just met David Diggs. You don't understand like yeah. what's going on in my head right now. Yeah. Um, Cause I was like, I, I mean, I loved him in the show. Like he was, I mean, he is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just a phenomenal yeah, yeah. person. So such a, just a human, like a kind yeah. Like, human. Yeah. You know? So were you like, I mean, I know you knew Heights because you were in it, obviously. Uh-huh. But like, what is your Hamilton experience? Like, did you, were you listening to the album? Did you just hear about it? Like, what? No. what is your like Hamilton history before the audition process? So my, I was doing this um internship in um California and some of my castmates, I was... I was going through a breakup at the time, mm-hmm. and one of my castmates showed me "Burn." Like, uh, just I was just it like, for you? "Yeah," I was just like, "You have to listen to this song." Oh my god! And my heart, like, began to like. I just felt it ripping out of uh-huh. my chest, and I was like, "What is this? <laughs> I have to listen to this album." It was in twenty. It was summer of twenty sixteen. So the album was. Oh no, no, no! Fall of twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, "What is going on?" And so then the next morning, I just like 
started like listening to some because it takes it takes me a while to get into things. Wait, but your friend was like, "This is part of a bigger thing." Yeah, but yeah. Just, like, she was like, so, "You will relate to this." Yeah, song in she this was minute. just like, she was like, "You have to listen to this song." She was like, "I want to sing this song, but you have to just like you have to listen to it." Yeah, I want to sing it to you. Yeah, that and would be so me. like, like I just want to sing it at you. Yeah, <laughs> just, right. Let's just listen to Philip Asudu at first. She she played it, and I was just like. Um, mm-hmm. I have to go home now. This is like a <laughs> lot for me to process. Um, I have to go now. Yeah, I was like, I have to go. I have That's to go. That's the best reaction. <laughs> it no, was. I just have to leave. Like, I yeah, just can't I just have to go. This. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you do this to me? Yeah, like- yeah. And so, like, I went home, and then the next morning, I like turned on. I think the second song I listened to was Skylar Sisters, and I was like. I'm living my best Destiny's Child fantasy right now. Yes. Like I am, I am yes. loving every minute of this. Look around, look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now. Look around, look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now. History is happening in Manhattan, and we just happen to be in the greatest city in the world. In the greatest city in the world. And then I just started like listening to the album and then like the internship I was where I was doing the the um where I was the theater where I was doing the internship took us on we had like a children's tour. So like we were just like in a van like riding uh, like just like driving the coast of California which was beautiful by the oh, way. Oh wow. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Cool. Um but like, you know, we were listening to music and it's like, let's turn on the Hamilton soundtrack. Uh-huh. Come on. So like So you listen to Burn and then Skylar Sisters and then I hope please God say you just started from the top and oh, absolutely. not on shuffle. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Because I don't get these monsters who listen to the album on shuffle. Like I, I just don't understand don't. that. I don't. You yeah. I know I, I just said monsters, but I just don't I, I don't understand <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't get it. Cause don't you need to work up to what if like suddenly it's like I'm like I can't right. like Yorktown into Quiet Uptown. Like how dare you? Yeah, how how, how can you? No, do that? I need to I need to build up to that. Yeah, absolutely. But people listen to it on shuffle. It's crazy. I don't understand how people do that. Maybe know. like I the mixtape, sure. Mixtape, fine. Like, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't get it. Mixtape, fine. The Hamel drops, like okay, sure, if you must. Yeah, but uh, like I like listening to everything in order. Yeah, the way it was meant to be listened to. Yeah, but I mean they put it in they put it in that order for a reason. Sure. So you know. Yeah, Hamill drops and mixtape, we can go. But still, like Kelly Clarkson, Quiet Uptown, like, oh God, it's still going to start yeah, me and make absolutely. me <laughs> deal with emotional things I'm not ready for. Yep. After like Shockwave and Watsky doing an open letter, uh, <laughs> and then we're going into <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, like, nope. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying in California. Yeah. So, like, we, so we were just like, we were doing like the school tours and like we were listening to Hamilton and then. A friend of mine sent me, by this point, it's 2016. I think it's like either the when, the spring of 2016. Mm-hmm. That's like Tony season. Yeah. My friend sent me a post where they were having open calls in Los Angeles. And it, it was just like the stars aligned because like I was, we were going to be in Los Angeles at the same time that they were having what? the auditions. So I was like, 
I have to go. I brought my audition book and everything. I yeah. was like, I have no, to, of course I have you to did. go. And so it was, it was really, really cool. Um, it was like my first ever, like, bi- I mean, I, I had just graduated from college. So it was yeah. like my first ever, like big audition for like anything. It was like the biggest it, thing. Was I, it like I, a cattle call? Was it? Yeah. Just like, just like open call, yeah. like, like line up, sign up. Yeah. Like they were um, taking auditions. I don't know if they still do it, but like on the website for a while where they were like, submit your yeah. audition. Like, yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, they were because that's that that's when they were opening, like, you know, all the, the tours. Mm-hmm. And so I went in and then I like got a call, like a say, like a callback for the same day. And then I think like two days later, I got an email and I, each time I went in, I just like saying like, I just like saying the Sam Smith song. What I Sam just, Smith song? Uh, I'm not the only one. Yeah, it was just like, you know, it was like one of my go-tos um, at the time. I'm crazy, cause you don't think I know what you've done. But when you call me, baby, I know I'm not the only one. You've been so Then, like two days later, I get an email asking me to submit a videotape, a video audition. Self tape, here we go. Yeah, self tape, right. And I was like, I I just remember literally screaming and dropping to the floor. (laughs) Yeah, Um, of course. um, And this time it was for like the general mail audition. It was like the packet. That packet. (gasps) That packet. Yep. I sang, it was like, I was like, Dear Theodosia, Washington on your side. Mm. And at this point, like I had heard all the music, but I didn't know, like I had never seen the show. Right. And so like I submitted that, didn't hear anything. And I was like, okay, you know, obviously my like, I I was, I was devastated because I was, I didn't hear anything, but also like, you know, like being recently, like a recent college grad, like I was also so excited that like I got a callback for like the biggest show, you know, like happening. And and you were also working. Yeah, and I was also working. So it was just like, you know, like, I was just super grateful. And then uh, I started, like, working regionally. And then when I finally moved to New York, I started going in. There were, like, EPAs. And I just, like, I'm going to go in. Mm-hmm. Did and you then, have your equity card at this point? I was EMC the first time I went in for the first time I went in for an EPA. Mm-hmm. I was already in Freedom Riders, so I knew that I was getting my equity card. I okay. just had to go to the equity building and, like, sign all the yeah. paperwork for it. Yeah, but that doesn't matter when you show up for the audition. If you're non ec then. Yeah, if you're so non ec then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you explain to the listeners what an EMC is? So EMC is, uh, so they, they we know what equity is. So EMC is like So the, equity is like the actors union for Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in case you're just now listening, if you're a new listener, and hi, welcome. Hi. Yeah, we have fun here. But yeah. if you're here just for Deontay, then um, yeah, equity, you know, the equity card. The, equity card, yeah. yeah it's like so equity, yeah, union. it's actors union. Um, EMC is like a stepping stone towards the actors union like mm-hmm. once you like th- 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 there are different ways to join equity actor um, um actors equity you can go th- you can go straight to a broadway show or like a production contract and and join that way or you can like work regionally and gain equity points mm-hmm. um and once you gain your first equity point you are officially emc your which is equity membership candidate um and they recently changed it it used to be that you had to gain 50 points and each each work week at at an equity theater 
um um equals up to one point okay so like most regional contracts last seven weeks so at the end of each at the end of each show you have about seven or eight equity points yeah you'd have to get a lot of gigs yeah non-equity things and so like when you go to these like these eccs or whatever Mm -hmm. these equity chorus calls or or even like epas which is equity principal auditions Mm -hmm. when you would go and if you were non-equity yeah. Uh, you would show up and sometimes, I mean, you still do, I'm sure, is write like a non-ec list. Yeah. And then everyone gets there at eight, at six o'clock in the morning and there's usually someone who's decided that they are now manning the non-ec list. <laughs> and then everyone, can you tell I have experience with this, Deontay? And so then someone, you write, you sign it and then there's this whole thing like where it's like, are they taking the non-ec list? Because yep. then that would be like, either you have to start lining up again or they accept whoever the queen bee decided they were going to be and have the non-necklace yep yeah right that's yeah i couldn't have said it better i tried to block it out as best i could Uh. (laughs) um but yeah it's a very it's and then they would say like we're you know they're they would break for lunch oh we're gonna type which means that they would take your headshot and then just basically look at you and say if they liked you or not they would type you out or yep. you'd be typed in. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes they would say, yes, we're definitely taking non-ec after lunch. Or they yep. would say, non-ec, you're dismissed until lunch and then come back. So basically everyone who had an equity card would be seen first. Yep. And then the non-ecs would just hang out and see if they were going to be chosen. Yep. And then they would say, like, we're taking up to number one, one through 10 on the non-ec list. And that's it. Everybody goodbye. Yeah. And that would sometimes be at like four o'clock in the afternoon. That would sometimes be at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so you would be there from eight a.m. to four, 4 p.m. a.m. sometimes to be to yeah. be the first on non necklace to be the first. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd and wait around all day, all day to possibly not be seen or possibly be typed in or possibly or, be typed you know, in. Yay! Like, yeah. But like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and a lot of the times, like they are doing these auditions because the union says that they have to do yeah, it. Yeah, they're not actually time. ever looking for anyone. Yeah, yeah. like that's. That's what's like the most frustrating about it sometimes. But then uh. at the same time, like then really like of all the people who've sat on this couch, sometimes are sometimes people are like, yeah, but then they really did. They really do take your headshot and resume. Yeah. Like maybe they're not casting at the time. So I don't mm-hmm. want to really like shit on the whole process because yeah, like, I mean, people like, do it's, have their lives It's changed. definitely necessary. But because sometimes it is we're like, oh my God, you'll get a call and it's like, oh my God. They totally did take my resume. Yep. But in the moment, the process feels like you're not being, li- you're literally not being seen or heard. I mean, that's definitely what happened to me. Like, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get like typed out. Like, I was that de- I was seen, fortunately. Um, but I just like went in and again saying I'm not the only one, yeah. Sam Smith, and like, um, didn't expect anything from it because I knew at that point that like they were probably just like it was probably just like a mandatory thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got called in and I got called in for Burr. And like, which is like my favorite role. Yeah. Um, and so like I had like a callback for Burr and it was, it was maybe like two weeks later. Wow. Um, two weeks later. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but every letter that you write me. Um, so I'll never be. In n- it. I mean, now we have to sing the entire score but you know i mean we we'll, we will do that <laughs> i wasn't gonna have it on when you walked in because i thought you'd be sick of it oh god no i literally this morning i started i like went to youtube and like randomly just like started looking up like the the videos of lynn and david and them being at the white house and like yes. doing like I, oh my and, god and i was like i was watching it and i'm like why am i why it's my day off why mm-hmm. am i watching this but like I love it because it's like, wow, I cannot believe they like Lynn had short hair uh-huh. like 
I cannot believe like where it started and like where it is. Oh, now. like at the the White House, the very first, the like, very with, with Alex first on the piano. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, wow. the lyrics are different back then. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. wow, that's not there anymore. That's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I heard the story of why that was changed. Like, uh-huh. oh my god, like yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's we'll kind of insane. totally do Hamilton karaoke before you leave. Yes. We have Mike uh, here too. It'll be uh, <laughs> um, okay, so you get the call. So I get the call. Um, and I go in for Burr and it was, uh, it was knowing now, if I knew, if I knew then what I know now, uh-huh. I would not have made the choices that I did. <laughs> Great. What were I, the choices you made? <laughs> I mean, I just like, I think that I was, I was like singing wait for it and I was just like sort of like, all over the place like movement wise and things like that because i hadn't seen it yeah and for those of you who who have who may have not seen the show yet it's like it's wait for it's it's a very like it's a i don't want to give away too much for the show but it's like this show is very this show is very special and and in in the sense that everything is so subtle and you don't need a lot because the writers did such a great job of of i mean it's it's literally just like it's it is a super solid show to where like you could literally just like walk in and just like do everything that's written like exactly what is written yeah and have a phenomenal show like Like, so much of it is on the page so much of it is just like on the page but the thing that i love about burr and it's so much it's again in the writing and in the choreo too like with wait for it like the movement is happening around burr like people are showing up with with chairs Mm -hmm. to sit and 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 be whoever he is in his life and I always I mention this often and I can't wait for Andy Blanks to come over whenever uh-huh. that may be. We've been in touch for quite some time. Oh my he's God, he's the, a very busy person. The nuggets the nuggets of knowledge that he has about the show are are life changing. And they keep coming up. Like yeah. you know, every every move is it should, you know, be telling part of the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard. But I love the idea that like there is a there are a lot of times where Burr has his back to the audience and like back in the day, like old you know, like acting classes would be like you never turn your never back turn to your the back audience. to the audience yeah but burr says like important you know air quotes important dish things especially in wait for it mm-hmm. with his back to the audience because he's watching all of the people who have arrived on stage yep whether they're in his mind or they're really there or whatever yep but he says really important lines with his back to the stage and he's our narrator yep and it works it works it's it amazing works. though yeah. right it's definitely just like one of those songs where it's like i mean it's it's also the song where you get the most you learn so much about burr in that moment you yeah. know what i mean like you learn so much about his story about like why he is the way that he is mm. um and and even the line of like i'm not standing still i'm lying in wait <sighs> like it's like so and i guess i should have just like taken it from because i was like doing a lot of like walking around and like frustration in that like no and that audition i didn't mean it to say like no i i wasn't i wasn't offended in any in any no, way because I, w- I would do the same thing too yeah. i'd be like i'm in, in lying wait i would probably yeah. overact with my arms I'd yeah probably have a lot of clenched just like fists. a lot of overacting and i was just yeah. like I, I yeah, totally get it. Absolutely. And I mean it's yeah, it's one of those it's one of those shows where it's like they're all so human. They are all so yeah. human. Because they are and they're they fucking are. flawed. Jefferson yeah. sucks. Yeah. I'll yeah. say it every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson sucked. Jefferson sucked. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I really love the purple suit. I yep. really love the songs, but Jefferson sucked. Jefferson sucked. Washington owned slaves. That sucked. Yeah. Absolutely. They are all so flawed. Yeah. Hamilton um, is a dick. Hamilton is a 
dick. Yeah, he's a dick. I mean, like, yeah. And it's what's so what's so crazy about what's so crazy about um this show and what and I think what what Lynn does a good what 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 Lynn and and Alex and they all do a good job of uh, in this show is like even knowing that that Hamilton cheated on Eliza with with Mariah you don't you also you don't you still don't hate him you still don't like hate him you're like oh like he's well I'll I'll speak for me like Mm -hmm. you know like before I like really thought about it I was just like you don't like see him as like a bad guy but then you have to like re you have to like really unpack the entire show to be like oh Hamilton is like not the best person like because I mean, we can we can go back to this all day, but like in men, ambition and that kind of thing is yeah. like seen as like you know, as like well, yeah, of course, like you know, he's a man, you know what I mean? Like it, right. we can just like go back to that. All I mean, day, Angelica like, says it in the Skylar Sisters. So yeah. men say that I'm intense or I'm insane. She's mm-hmm. not insane. Yeah, she's not insane. I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. So men say that I'm intense or I'm insane. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We hold these truths to be self. She says that in song five. Yep. Yep. Come on. Yeah. They do a really great job. It's it's just a solid show. I could, yeah, I'm in awe of this show. But um, I forgot what we were talking about. Wait, no, no, we have to get to when you booked it because now we have oh. to go back to when you texted your uh, one of your mentors, like how you booked it. So then you're, oh. you're there for Burr and you're kind of... I don't want to say oh, you're just doing you're moving around a lot in the callback. I'm moving around a lot and I'm moving around a lot in the callback. It was Which totally makes sense to me, honestly. Yeah, it was it was a lot. And then like I didn't hear anything for a while, which, you know, I kind of understood. <laughs> and it's also the nature of the business. It's also the nature of the business. And um, so I think that was yeah, that was 2017. Um, so the next time I like really seriously started going in for it was when they began to open the Puerto Rico cast. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so like I was going in for, originally it was Burr and then it turned into Burr Washington. Like I went in mm-hmm. for Burr and then it turned into Burr Washington. Then it like turned into Burr Washington Mulligan and just like to understudy those roles. And I went in for for Patrick Vassell and and Matt Gallagher. Um, yeah. Love them. They mm-hmm. were they're they're so they're they're so sweet. Yeah, um, Matt, then, you're welcome on the show anytime. Uh, <laughs> hey Matt. Um and then I remember the la- the last time I went in around that for that round of auditions was like they had just given me Mulligan. Um, so I went in, like worked, set, did like, did a work session for mm-hmm. Mulligan with them. And then later that day, I went in for Tommy Kale and and Alex Lacamoire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember I had, they had me do all the Burr stuff, mm-hmm. some of it twice. They had me do all the Mulligan Madison stuff, some of it twice. Then I did the Washington stuff and I ended with, and they, and they had me end with one last time. <laughs> and we all know that one last time is like especially for for washington it's like his 11 o'clock number like he has like all this high like singing like and so i had to do all that hard rapping and all that hard singing before and then end with one last time and (laughs) i cracked all over the place it was insane 
And I literally walked out like, well, that's it. Not not booking it, not doing this. Then I went away. I had like two, I had like some regional contracts lined up. So that was the summer of 2018. Um, went to do a show in Jersey. And then funny, funny enough, while I was at that show in Jersey, I got offered a production contract um, for a show in Australia. And I turned it down <gasps> because I didn't want to be out of New York that for that long wow um and it was for hamilton it was for another show but like i was just like i turned it down it was like the biggest contract i had i had ever been offered at the time wow and i was like um what did i just do mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. because you know like when you when you get to that sort of when especially as an actor and like you know those those opportunities don't come like especially like when you're young like they don't come like very often when you're young and like so to have that and to receive that for it to be my first one, I really wanted to take it. And, you know, like it was a lot of money. Like it would have like, it would have helped me like save. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, it was a production contract that would have looked great on my resume, but I had, I, it was either, if I had done that, I wouldn't have been able to do in the Heights. And did you and know that at the time? I knew that I was, okay. I knew that I was going to do in the Heights at the time. And, and ultimately, it came down to the fact that, like, the contract, the production contract that I was offered was for an ensemble track. Um, and ultimately, like, I know that it's ultimately about, like, knowing, like, what you're, like, what you're right for, like, in your career, like, mm-hmm. what your type is. And I'm not an ensemble type. Um, I'm not, a, I'm a mover. I'm not a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's not going to be the type of roles that people are going to see me as. And, right. you know, like, having the principal uh, role on my resume would look better. Um, and it would also like mean that I wouldn't be out of New York City for six months. Yeah. The, so I went to do In the Heights, came back in 2018. Um, was In the Heights great? In the Heights was so great. In the Heights was so much Benny fun. Benny on Dispatch. I still, I mean, I'm meeting up with, I'm meeting up with uh, a lot of the New York people tomorrow. Fun. Just to like hang out. Cool. Yeah. So like the people that I did In the Heights with, like we were still, we still have group text You're threads and like. Oh, it's such a f- that yeah. and that, and you know I've heard that about in the heights like once you once you do that show your cast becomes a family. Oh, I love that. But it's really true. It's really really true. Mm. Um, I learned so much. It changed so much about me. Um, I've I feel I've always felt much more grounded after that show and just like after that group of people. Oh, that's amazing. Um, what a cool so, thing. Yeah, it was just great. Yeah, it was just great. Yeah. Um, so I came back in October and walking down the street one day. Uh, getting an email from my agents for an immediate replacement for Chicago, the Chicago production of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, here we go. It's starting back up. Mm-hmm. And so I go in and everything's good. It's for like Mulligan, um, Mulligan Burr, Washington, something like that. Okay. So, so exactly what you're doing now on Broadway, exactly, just ex- the cover in Chicago. Y- yeah, got exactly. It. I, it's weird. It's like, I got called in and then two weeks later, I got another call in a callback for that um, work session and um, whatnot. And then I, I didn't hear anything for a while. Christmas passed, uh, New Year's passed. And then I went into my agent's office and I like, we were like re-signing contracts and they, they told me that like, they were just trying to figure out where to, where they, where they wanted to place me or like, yeah, they, they, yeah, they didn't, they didn't know like where the Hamilton people were. Yeah. The Hamilton people, like they didn't know like what, they didn't know like where I could fit. Yeah. So then I get, it was like mid January. I get a, um, I get another email saying, Hey, they just want to see you. They just want to see you move one more time. They want to send you in for Stephanie one more time. And I said, 
Steph okay, Clem. Stephanie Clemens. La, oh. What does that mean? I want to see you move one more time. Um, it was literally just like me in a room with Stephanie Clemens. We were doing like the 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 choreography for the young scrappy and uh for my shot for my shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. Uh-huh. Like, like all when that. You guys are around and the yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was. It was a really, it was really, really cool. It, first of all, it was great too because I had never, I hadn't met her before. She was the she's only so person. Awesome. She's so awesome. She was the only person on the on the entire in the entire like creative like team that I hadn't met yet. Oh, cool. So I was like really excited to meet oh, her. I love her. Um, and so like we worked, and I didn't feel like I didn't, I I didn't feel like it was my best. Um, so I I remember leaving there, and you know at the time I was dating I was dating someone, and I remember going to them and being like. I'm just so tired. I was like, I, this show and auditioning for the show is, is, is really just like draining me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember saying that and I didn't hear anything for a while. And I just like, I just remember like sort of like being in a, being in a space where like I, you know, like I just like felt burnt out. Mm-hmm. And so I, one day, January, January 29th, uh, my agents call me. They were like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm cleaning. <laughs> what's what's up? Um, and they were like, Are you gonna be in Midtown at any point today? And I was like, No. Um, I mean, when I go to work, because um, at the time I had just I I normally had I t- as a survival job I had been doing wedding singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wedding singing dies down in the winter, so I like started working at SoulCycle. Except if you're me and Mike who got married in December. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. Listen, there are some. There are there are those gems that get that get married in the winter. Yep. Um, and so like I was working at SoulCycle, and I was like, yeah, I mean, when I go to work later, and then I just like my agent started asking me like where I work. Like, don't be and, vague. And I was like, like, I was like, on. what? <laughs> so then, um, he put me on my my agent put me on hold. I in my mind I'm like, is there an audition that I'm like supposed like that? Right, I am missed? I being fired like, right now? What's like, going on? Yeah. So then he comes back on the phone. He was like, "Okay, well, I'm calling because we have an offer for you." And I was like, "I just remember I I remember I was like, so is it Hamilton?" And he was like, "Yes." And I was like, "All right, well, I guess I'm going to Chicago." And he was like, "No, you're going to Broadway." And yes. I was doing dishes. I was like, I you was just like, I uh, okay. Uh, I just remember I was like, like now oh, I'm going to Broadway. Like, like now, like, right now, like what's what? And he was like, yeah, like you know, like do you want to talk about like do you want to talk about some details? I said no. I I have to call you back. Mm-hmm. I gotta go. <laughs> and I hung up the phone and just like started like calling people. Texted Tracy. Texted Tracy. <laughs> That's what. Yeah, yeah, bringing it around yeah. and like. Yeah, I texted Tracy and like just like started calling a bunch of people and like telling them. I called my mom and I was like, "Mom, I'm going to Broadway." And she was like, "Are you sure?" And I, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. I, I, think, yeah. so. I think so. I didn't so. sign anything, but yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah." Um, and so, but all of that to say, like, it. I started to think about when I was offered the production contract in the summer, uh-huh. and I would have been gone for six months, and the six months would have ended the moment like the like around the time that i got the, that i received the call mm-hmm. to go to hamilton on broadway mm-hmm. so i would not have been here to audition for any of that you, made the right choice. you know so it's like it's like everything happens for a reason yeah um and then like so that call happened january 29th january 30th i was in audition i was in rehearsals those are the exact same dates in yeah. 2016 that i started this podcast really 
Oh my gosh. The end of January ah, in 2016. That's insane. Crazy, right? Yeah, that's insane. That's 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 sort of crazy. Yeah. Look at us. Right? <laughs> Bonding. Uh. Yeah, if you couldn't tell, I absolutely love talking to Deontay, and I'm really excited you get to hear more from him next week. I'm so grateful he took the time to hang out, and he was so open and honest with me about every single thing we covered, and we talked about a lot of things. But as you heard, that's Deontay, right? He makes it super easy to talk about everything. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I really had the best time with him. And how about that David story, right? So great. Okay, so I'm really psyched for next week because Deontay takes us on a super deep dive into Hercules Mulligan, James Madison, Aaron Burr, and even a little T-Jeff. We really get back to basics and just go in on Hamilton and why we love the show so damn much. I really did have a great time and I had a blast working on all the fun music edits. So yeah, until then, thank you as always for listening. I appreciate you very much. I'll talk to you next week. I love you. I'm G.Penn. is brought to you by my love of the thing, TM, and my complete lack of chill. Please join me in raising all the glasses to Sir Alex Lackamore for generously making my intro music and this custom Yorktown arrangement that I will never, ever get over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To become a Patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests, get tons of behind-the-scenes access, and join the best, kindest, and most welcoming corner of the internet, go to patreon.com slash thehamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag Team No Chill. I'm at The Hamilcast on all social media, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike. You know Mike. And can be found at theresiduals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of Theater People and Broadway Backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. It's the revolution!